Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Bridge. We're a show that connects East and West. I am Jason from the United States, living here in beautiful Wuhan, China. And today with me is Bebe. Yes. Hi, Jason. Hi, dear listeners. This is Bebe from Beijing. It's a windy day. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. So what are we talking about today? Well, the uh, Winter Olympics are coming up. The Beijing Winter Olympics. Yep. I think they light the torch on February fourth. Mm. You know, it's really interesting. So I thought we were talking about winter sports, but I also find it interesting. I'm probably coming back to Beijing next year in the summer, mm. and I left Beijing last year in the summer. So the only time I'm not going to be in Beijing is when the Winter Olympics are happening. And I kind of feel like I really must have made a bad plan there. <laughs> no, it's okay because it's going to be like a closed loop. I think that's what they call it. Like you're not gonna mm, even mm. if you were in Beijing, you're not gonna you know actually go there and watch the games, uh, uh, and you're not really missing anything. You can watch everything on TV. Are there gonna be spectators? No, I don't think so. Actually, I just pulled up a article on that because I've been reading a bit about uh, the uh, upcoming Olympics. Well, I thought before we get to the actual Olympics, we could talk about our own personal relationships not with winter sports. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, Bebe, you, you've never been skiing? You've never been skiing? I, I don't like to move. Oh, really? Okay, I'm like the stationary queen. <laughs> well, everyone has to get some exercise. What do you do for exercise, Bebe? You must do something. Walking? Well, I do one sit-up. One sit-up? One sit-up in the morning. You cycle? You take yeah. a bicycle and then the no <laughs> i sit all day <laughs> well see i um i i've skied before mm. i think i was a bit more active when i was mm -hmm. younger mm -hmm. i'm just getting lazier and lazier mm -hmm. and i'm like like i'm thinking more and more but getting physically lazier and lazier wow. okay i i took a skiing cross-country skiing class wow. back in college mm. and then i was like the fastest sprinter when I was in grade school. Wow. Oh, okay. I think I was just born with it. Like, I never exercised. And whenever we had these, um, like, once a year or twice a year, we would have these, we call it yun dong hui. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. an event, sports event, that the whole school participates in. So we will have all these kind. It's like a mini Olympics Decathlon. for the school. Decathlon. For every school. Yeah. Probably more than 10 categories. Mm, mm, mm. And I was always the first one wow. for like 50 meter, 100 meter. Sounds like you missed your calling. Maybe, but I'm happy just, you know, well, you sitting know, around. <laughs> there are some sports I, I participate in today, baby, but none of them is winter sport. Mm. But, you know, I also, just like you, had a course. I had, I went skiing and I my experience of going skiing, the two times that I went was I went with my high school. Mm-hmm. The second time I so horribly sprained my ankle oh, no. that I was like crying in pain for two days. You know, usually in America, they give like you a ton of drugs. They're like, <laughs> OK, you're an American. Here's like every drug you can imagine. You're not going to experience any pain. But, you know, for whatever reason, my doctor was like. Oh, this kid's like 16. Mm -hmm. He can have a Nuprin or something, which is like, you know, ibuprofen or something. Uh -huh. It was so painful. And I remember like the pain so much that I was, I, I never, never again. skiing again. I was like, I know. See, no, no that wasn't winter for me. Winter sports. I don't think they have been traditionally, you know, not kind of the sports that Chinese people do. Like when you mention sports in China, the first thing hmm. that come to mind for most people is ping pong, mm -hmm. table tennis. And then badminton and mm -hmm. then soccer. Mm -hmm. 
These are like top three. And、mm-hmm. basketball. I think these are top, top four.、Mm-hmm. Right.、Um, basketball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Basketball. Chinese people love basketball.、Mm-hmm. I, right around the corner from my house, there's a basketball court. <laughs> yeah. And every evening, it just fills up with folks who are like,、yeah, it's, it's time to play. Maybe I should list square dance somewhere on there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, dancing as a sport in China. Dancing. Yeah, dancing in public. You know, that's what it is dancing in public. Extreme Dama Ying. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it's like half disco, you know, that kind of thing. Loud music. So these are some of the popular ones. But as, as China has a larger and larger middle class,、mm-hmm. um, there are some emerging popular sports that are kind of, you know, for the middle class, for the people with some extra money. And that we include、mm-hmm. like skiing. Oh, skating. Oh, yeah. Big time. Right. Skating, especially figure skating. There are so many skating rinks in Beijing. It's like a hundred. Yeah. And even these are the things that people like my generation, when I was a kid, we just, nobody did this unless you live in like northeastern Beijing or somewhere really cold and then you would skate、mm. on the lakes in the wintertime. Like there are parts of Beijing、mm. where you will go skating. Yeah. Like Ho Hai. Yeah.、Right? Yeah. I've been, I've been skating on Ho Hai. Yeah. Yeah. But not as like a trained sport. But nowadays they're getting popular. You know what I mean? I mean, there are like ice hockey teams in Beijing. Mm, I mean, mm. ice hockey, nobody really <laughs> thought about this, let's say a decade ago. And now we have、um, like professional ice hockey teams.、Mm-hmm. And I've even taken my daughter for some like skating lessons when she was four.、Mm. And it turned out there is an ice skating rink right like near where we live. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we were like in the middle of nowhere. I was surprised. This is like, <laughs> it's like eight minutes from taxi by taxi from where we live. So, you know, there are all these new opportunities and also horseback riding, golf. What else do rich people do? <laughs> Tennis, <laughs> right? Things like that. They're getting more and more popular. Yeah. Talking about education a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about how increasingly the government's pushing kids away from, especially young kids, away from like core academic subjects、mm. and towards sports. So, right, right. It seems like you have kids, right? Do, do you take them out? I have one, I have a daughter. You have, you have a daughter. Yeah. Do you take her out to go and do all of these new fangle dangle sports? Well, not the fancy ones. I mean, I've tried skating and we paid for like, what, nine lessons? But my daughter, she's like, her mind was so scattered. <laughs> she, she couldn't really focus on it. So we didn't really continue. And the rank they had was especially for ice hockey.、Mm, and the lessons、mm, for skating、mm. was like in between their ice hockey sessions. And when we were looking for schools for great elementary school for my daughter,、mm-hmm. we went quote unquote shopping. And there's this private school. That has, a, I'm not too sure if it's own ice hockey rink or what, but you know, they offer their kids、um, golf lessons and ice hockey, these fancy sports, you know, from the West.、Um, but they look so good on the resume. <laughs>、um, but you no, know, you know, we tried a bit, but I don't think that's for my daughter.、Uh, she's been taking ping pong lessons mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for over a year now and also、uh, roller skating. She took some lessons in that.、Mm-hmm. And we're thinking about some martial arts moves,、mm-hmm. you know, so that she can defend herself, things like that. You know, pretty down to earth kind of、mm, thing. I think, yeah. If I had a daughter, yeah, martial arts would be one of those big things. Yeah. And then she,、um, she learned how to swim over the summer.、Mm. So this kind of thing. But hey, you mentioned education. That's like, I, We just read in the news there's a new policy here in Beijing concerning education 
for grade school and junior high. Um, they have a new like test mm -hmm. for physical education, um, and they added forty more points. Mm -hmm. Well, the details, you know, it's not as important. The thing is, the the government, just as you said, don't want the kids to just sit there and study anymore. You know, we've had too much of that. So they want the kids to to get up and exercise. Mm. And I think from reading the the news, because mm -hmm. um, I, I haven't been paying attention to that, but skimming the news, the impression is back in the days there was like one test, right? When you get into junior high, there's supposed to be a test from elementary school to junior high, and Uh, the physical education is part of that. But now they're saying that's not enough. We got to make sure that kids are exercising from grade one, you know, so there are going to be multiple tests along the way instead of just one test to get into junior high. And um, let's see, there are mm, mm. so 40 more points. Like there are a few mandatory categories, like you have to be able to run a certain distance at a certain speed mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and also coordination um, and also teamwork, things like that. So uh, this is a strong message. But I can ask you, what's the consequence of not scoring well on this test? You say you mentioned you said to get into junior high, but everyone's getting in. So if you score low on the physical education test that you're talking about, what happens? Uh, I'm not too sure, but you probably have to retrain until you do pass the test. I mean, I don't think these are these wow. are not for athletes. These are just for kids. Right. But still, um, because in the past few years, we've heard once in a long while, you know, we were hearing the news that. You know, the junior high student passed out while uh, taking the 1000 meter test or something because they don't get enough exercise. Mm, mm. Um, and back in the days, like when I was in junior high and, and uh, elementary school, we besides the physical education, mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. had like 10 minutes between classes. And for those 10 minutes, all the kids go out and play outside some sports or whatever you wanted to do. And then every day, was it after the first class or the second class? I don't remember, but. Everybody from the school get out and onto the um. There's like a a square or nowadays they probably do it on the um, track. Uh, what do you, on the track exactly? And the whole school, like teachers and students, they would do this guangbo tiao, which is like basic gymnastic moves, but they kind of weave it into a dance. <laughs> and the dance might be a little different according to your school or where you know you live. But the point is to make sure that the kids. They move enough, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And these these guambotisa, they're actually really nice. You know, I remember at the uh, beginning of the pandemic, I would uh, look for them online to follow them. Mm -hmm. And there's this special piece of music. I'm sure your wife would know it. <laughs> It's like a piece of mu music that everybody knows. Um, but nowadays, um, I th I think they still do that in public schools. But people do spend kids do spend more time sitting indoors to study, and they want to change that. They want kids to to move, you know, to be healthy uh, rather than just have good school. I know the consequence at a kindergarten because I work at one, mm -hmm. and there's constant like there are rules that are policies from the central government that's like, okay, you've been in class this amount of time, it's time to go out and have recess, and so we're required to constantly be bringing our kids outside to play for blocks of time Two hours, throughout I the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they're always playing outside, you know, getting physical activity. It's like really mm -hmm. very pressed on us that it's important that they get outside. Unless unless the unless the AQI is off. It is important. In which case, uh, okay, we're playing yeah. indoors. And also, I mean, the one phrase that we grew up listening to, it's like imprinted in our mind. And I'm sure in your wife's mind too, is four characters. And these are like, you know, the general requirements for students. means It means all-round development of, of kids, of uh, students. 德 means moral. 智 means intellectual. 
and ti means physical. Mei means, uh, you know, arts, aesthetics. Beautiful. And lao, beautiful. Yeah. And lao means labor. So, you know, at least from my generation, um, these are the five general directions of where we should go. You know, it's not just about your intellectual capability. It's, it's all of these combined together. morality you know in japan the first year of school the children do not learn any academic th- topics whatsoever no mm. subjects at all they don't learn any math they don't learn any japanese they don't mm. learn any writing or reading they learn only moral behaviors they learn how to mm. clean up after themselves they learn how to be kind to one mm. another they learn to bow to one another they learn to listen to the teacher and to each other yeah and they serve their own lunch and everything yeah it's all about like moral and ethical training to get them prepared Mm. to be a good person. And then after they Mm -hmm. pass through this, then they can begin to learn math and reading and writing and stuff like that. I always found that really interesting. And Mm. I wish that they had that kind of, you know, moral development in America. Right. Just being a good citizen, citizen training. Yeah. Hey, you know, that's something I've, um, I think it's quite interesting because when you talk about like moral mm. qualities in mm. the States, it's almost a little embarrassing. People don't have time to listen to that, right? <laughs> you know? Also, yeah, so contested. How dare you tell me or my children how they ought yeah. to behave? Like a lot of people are against <sighs> it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, back when I was uh, studying and living in the States, there was very little discussion about morality mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. Like you don't just come up to people and, you know, let's talk about moral quality or, you know, requirements for students and things like I think that. That's a loaded word. I think maybe it not maybe it's not yeah. the right word. I think ethics, civili- civility, civility might be better. Ethics? Because ethic, ethics is actually very philosophical and it's about like, mm. you know, if there's a train going this, uh, actually, I'll give you one. A lot of people love this one. Yeah. Right if there's wrong. a train going down a track, it's not about right and wrong actually ethics is much more like a game mm. there's a train going down a track and it, mm-hmm. it's already going to go and crush one person but you happen to be standing at the switch track mm. and if you switch the track oh no sorry it's going to kill four people if you switch the track it will only go over here where it's going to kill one person so mm. should you let it kill four people or should you switch the track and let it kill only one person but this person wouldn't have died had you not switched the track this is the kind of, I actually took a course in ethics Jeez. and it's all like this it's all it's not about like civility and I think morality is so religiously loaded in the U.S. that it mm-hmm. it's complicated. I think the word civility might be what we're really talking about. How to be a good person in society. A good person. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's basically, you know, when you uh, talk about philosophy, um, Western philosophy, a lot of it is about, you know, being mm-hmm. logical. Right. But in, in Chinese culture, philosophy mainly is about thinking about how to be mm-hmm. a good person and what's your definition of being a good person, mm-hmm. right? What does it mean to be a good person and what you should do? Mm. It's like, you know, Eastern Chinese philosophy, when you um, read up on it, it's mainly people thinking about how should we act mm-hmm. as a social mm-hmm. being, right? 
So in China, it's very common to talk about mm. morality, and you would get a sense of that.、Mm -hmm. You know, just reading the news, you would get a sense of the importance of morality. Well, as in you know, in the West, especially in the States, I feel like you get the feeling that、oh, who are you to tell me about whether or not. Immoral, or what I should do if I just leave me alone, <laughs> kind of.、Hmm. So there is kind of、um, it's not part of、uh, your everyday living. You know, you don't really think a lot about that. But here in China, it's in the air. You know, it's always in the air.、Yeah. <laughs> This is a very interesting conversation, and it is probably one that we should take up. But we are so far from winter sports now. Oh yes, winter <laughs> sports, exactly. Body. So we're talking about the the education of the body. That's where we got sidetracked. Yes. Yes. So. We are picking up on that. We want to make sure that our kids、uh, are not just smart intellectually,、mm, but、mm. they are physically strong. And as you know, the structure of the Chinese society, we need more physical workers, like laborers, right, or technicians. Mm, mm.、Um, mm -hmm. We can't just have millions of college graduates, you know, who can do Excel and who can read and write, but can't do much of anything else. Can't fix things or build bridges. Um, so it's it's very very important.、Mm. Okay, so I have a question. Were you in in Beijing in two thousand eight for the Summer Olympics? I was. I was even a.、Uh, I wasn't a volunteer, but I worked at the Olympic、mm. for. I worked with a Australian journalist team. Like they were reporting on the Olympics. Yeah. So I was like inside the village. In the year or two leading up to it, or the year or two after it, did you notice that were there changes in like the culture of education for children around the way that they were structured? Like. Oh、Expect, the expectations、yes. for their exercise regimens, or or adults even, or interest in sports. How was that affected? What did you notice? I don't think the well, I didn't really pay attention to how it affected kids,、mm -hmm. but the Olympics back then was on everybody's mind.、Mm. You know, like、um, when you when they were selecting the city for hosting Olympics, maybe、uh, let's say in the West or in the States, you consider it as more of a thing for the city itself. Right,、mm, yeah.、Um, like they're gonna host it in this city, but for China, I mean, it was such a huge thing. It it wasn't just Beijing. Like it was, it should be China Olympics because <laughs> it was the it was a national effort、mm. that made this happen. It was spectacular, you know. I don't, I don't know if you watched on TV, especially the、uh, the opening ceremony. Yeah, yeah. And everybody, in a way, everybody's involved. And that reminded me of the、uh, Asian sports game.、Mm -hmm. That was the one we hosted. That was what back when I was in first grade or second grade. I'm not too sure. I remember it because everyone from my elementary school donated so that they could host that Asian、um, sports game.、Mm. And for us, we donated what twenty cents. <laughs> we were like, you know, first grade or second grade. Sure, yeah. But it shows the importance, like how people、uh, honored it. Right to consider it as such an important thing that everybody participated, but I'm not too sure if it had much of an impact on like sports for kids.、Mm, mm. Never really thought about that. Didn't really pay attention to that. We're、yeah. talking about this. I think the way that China does things is is like its entire force is behind a lot of things. So as the 2022 Winter Olympic Games are coming up,、mm. it feels like to me that there's been a, a lot more interest by children. I'm around children a lot because I'm an educator, and there's a lot. More interested in children in winter、mm -hmm. sports and like、mm. learning about and participating in winter sports. It seems like you know, ten years ago, skiing was just like,、oh, okay, sure, whatever, passe, kind of rich, bougie kind of thing. But now <laughs> it seems like a lot of people I know are suddenly going skiing in the last three、mm. or four years. 
And they're going right. to these places where where they were. I'm sure a lot mm. of them closed off now. They're going to these places that are going to be mm-hmm. used for the Winter Olympics and going skiing. And they're taking selfies and they're on the WeChat posts of them skiing. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, I, I know how to ski too. And I know how to mm-hmm. s- snowboard. And I know about snowshoeing and all this stuff. Mm. So it, it seems to me that there's an, a lot of increased interest, at least in the Beijing area, mm-hmm. about winter sports. Well, Beijing, um, at least it's cold enough. And I've mm. been to one of these uh, ski resorts. Mm. Um, I didn't really ski much, though, uh, because I, I just I'm not a sporty person. But uh, it was, you know, it was very, very popular. And I don't think it's that expensive. Like skiing is is all right. But if you have to buy your own yeah. skis and everything, well, then that's it. more expensive. It's still, yeah. It's still something for the at least the middle class, mm-hmm. right? Because you have to drive there. I mean, where they're hosting the Olympics. Well, no, they have the high speed rail now. Yeah, this is they built it exclusively easier. for this. So you can, can you go from it? Beijing, oh. yeah, to to the Olympic Village. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just take a high speed rail specifically for this. So yeah, before you had to drive, but at, you know, after the Beijing Winter Olympics are closed mm-hmm. and it's the following winter, all of this will still be there. Hey. But there won't be then it won't be all closed off and preparation for the olympics so lots of people will be able to access these same places really easily so this is this is your second chance baby yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> i like sitting at home i mean i remember going to one of these places um it's in hubei province so maybe like in a, mm. an hour two or three hours from where we lived mm, mm. we took our daughter there it was in the summer or early fall so it wasn't you know skiing time but you could see the slope it's still a nice place to go close to other um touristy spots mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. maybe that's where they're they're hosting part of the uh, uh winter games and i i just pulled up an article on forbes beijing winter olympics will use chartered flights to fly athletes in amid covid19 travel curve yeah i read that too yeah so yeah they say it's going to be a mm. closed loop like a bubble which will be mm. strictly separated from the rest of china i find that peculiar because a lot of so okay i read about it already and uh so mm. these other two locations these olympic villages are going to handle these snow sports but all the skating is mm. going to happen in beijing but the skating locations the venues are all over beijing mm. So you have, they're going to use the nest. That's going to be one of the places that they do ice skating, but they're also going to do use mm-hmm. Shogong Park in the West. Mm. And they're also mm-hmm. going to use like, I mean, just there's several places, locations. There's like seven or eight of them in different venues all over Beijing. Mm. So the whole closed loop thing, they must, what they, I think what they mean is like closed loops because there are too many different like locations for them to just close off Shogong Park and the, uh, what they used for the 2008 Olympics in Beijing, the Summer Olympics, mm-hmm. because the, there's so many different little parts and, and like neighborhoods between the two. They can't shut all that down. I don't think it's about so shutting down. It's about keeping like the athletes in more like like I know it, what I mean they I'm, can't it's not possible because you'd have to shut off too many roads I think what they mean is loops plural because mm-hmm. Shogong Park is like oh, loops, 10 yeah. kilometers away mm-hmm. from the the Olympic strip where you know the nest is mm-hmm. but yet both of them are going to be used mm-hmm. so when they say closed loop they, it can't be one loop because it's 10 kilometers of city where like I guess it's millions of people like, between live between those venues. I think it's more like a concept rather than a physical, a physical loop. Mm, mm, it's like they're not mm. they're not going to get into contact. They're not going to be wandering off on their own. I think that's what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you arrive in the village maybe and then you, you know, you go for your competitions and then you go. There will be des- designated buses and trains. I mean, chartered flights. They're not just getting on any flights. They're, they're chartered flights just for the athletes and mm. um and things like that and they will stay in designated 
places. And unvaccinated participants will be required to serve a mandatory 21-day quarantine. I hope those facilities have like places to exercise because certainly these people need need to maintain their like physical prowess and readiness. They'll, I, I was thinking <laughs> about the same thing. But, you know, it's a different time, right? Hmm. Um, it's it's not like any other year that we've had this. Yeah. But they will make it. They'll make it work. I, I trust in their sure. abilities. I, I agree. Too. I wanted to talk about some of the individual sports, actually, because some of them don't make sense to me. I don't want to offend any of our listeners who love the sports that I'm going to call out. <laughs> but, okay, so I understand cross-country skiing. Makes sense. It's very physical. I understand alpine skiing. Sure. Ba- even bobsledding. Hmm. Cool. You know, this. do you know what the biathlon is? The biathlon is where you go cross country skiing mm-hmm. and then you throw your body down on the ground, pick up a rifle and shoot at a target. What? I'm, is this for, <laughs> I mean, I'm just wondering where this comes from. I'm not complaining. Sure. I'm sure that skiing, you know, you're in Alaska, you need to hunt a bear mm. or you're being chased by a bear. Right. This is very useful because you need to have your shotgun ready and you need to go far distances and then turn around and shoot at the bear. Mm. <laughs> I guess out of necessity. I, I think. just don't know. How is this an Olympic sport? I'm so confused. Um, um, and there are other sports that I read about, like uh, oh. L-U-G-E. How do you even say that? Luge. Luge. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is not something I'm familiar with. And ski jumping and bobsleigh, curling, curling, bobsleigh, curling, curling is the one. Yeah, I was good. That was my next one. <laughs> what? What's curl? I mean, you push a rock, a granite yes. rock or something across ice, and then you and you sweep. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to offend people who are huge fans of curling, but <laughs> what? What? Yeah, this is a sport. I I sweep my house all the time. No one gives me points. <laughs> <laughs> and the other, I mean, snowboarding, that's familiar. Freestyle skiing, Mm-mm. that's going to be spectacular, right? Nice to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are a few things. I mean, winter sports are not like, you know, for everybody here in mm. China. For certain parts, for people who are born like in northeastern part of China, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. it's really cold in the winter and like, yeah. just lots of snow. Like these are probably, probably everybody skates, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for sure. the rest of China... You know, who are far away, maybe in dry places without snow. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> how are they going to ski, right? It's just going to mm. be um, out of reach for them. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think when I think about sports, um, I mentioned some of the most popular ones. And I just want to mention that the, the ones that are not as popular, you kind of can see a reason behind that. Like confrontational sports, things where sports where you have to literally intentionally crash into people or where like hockey, ice hockey, uh, ice hockey a little bit for like, you know, American football. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, it's um that kind of that kind of sport probably won't gain popularity very fast here in China because culture wise, it's just like we are kind of not against that, but not it's not a very friendly way of dealing with people, it seems to us. You know what I mean? I, I really think that particular sport is very American. Yeah. Like, I don't see any any other country except America adopting that particular sport. It's extreme and like very. I, I, I don't know. And a lot of people, a lot of Americans are against it, too. Like there's there was a movie too much with Will Smith called like Concussion, mm. I think. It's about like, I don't know. Read a little bit. I'm not sure. But, you know, the the, the Americans that like that sport love mm. that sport. They are hardcore fans. So it's not going anywhere in the States, per se. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to, to I did want to touch on the United States mm. and its love of ski sports my older brother mm-hmm. he is a huge snowboarding fan it was and mm-hmm. you know people who like skateboarding and people who like surfing mm. also love snowboarding 
And a lot of the the people who do snowboarding or surfing, they do the other one. Mm-hmm. They all it's like very balance orientated. It's kind of new, but it's only like two or three decades that it's been really taken off. But mm. there are places all over the U.S. where people go skiing and people mm. go snowboarding, like in Colorado and Utah, Montana and California, California. Wyoming and. Oh, yeah. Sierra Nevadas. Go, go to the Sierra Nevadas. There are just a ton. The Sierra Nevadas are covered in ski resorts in the winter. Mm. And people love going. I mean, California has every kind of weather. California has the valley. It has Death Valley. So it has a desert. <laughs> it has tons of coastline. It has the Sierra Nevada Mountains. And I forget the name. Shasta Mountain, which is a, mount, a big mountain in the north. Like California has mm. like all kinds of climate. So they have all kinds of sports. But uh, yeah, everywhere. There's mm-hmm. a ton of places. In Oregon, uh, they love snow sports. And Alaska, obviously. People love snow sports in the U.S. I just pulled up an article about the Chinese winter sports industry has ambitions mm-hmm. far beyond the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics. And he said the Chinese winter sports industry is one of the fastest growing in the world with mm-hmm. a market size. Well, yeah, you got the population for it. Yeah. Yeah. With a market size expected to reach over 800 billion yuan by the Beijing Winter Olympics of 2022 mm. and realize this target of 1 trillion yuan ooh, by 2025. It's uh, the interest is supported by a government-led development plan Mm. spanning over a decade, aiming to promote the practice of winter sports Mm. among the Chinese population and expand the infrastructure in that area in the hope to involve 300 million new consumers to the joys of ice and snow sports by 2025. So maybe that's another way of to to, I guess, to promote consumerism, <laughs> to develop the internal market for something else, because there is I think there is a lack of um, the industry. Like we don't really think of winter sports as an industry yet, but maybe they're working on that. It says there is the winter sports development plan. And that's from started from 2016 mm-hmm. is a long term plan from the Chinese government aiming to increase the Chinese population's interest in winter sports of all sorts in order to reach a projected goal of a one trillion yuan industry from 300 million of regular participants by 2025. had a teacher he was my chess teacher Mm. when i was in uh, university he was a mathematician but he was also teaching me how to be very strategic at chess and one time i said oh i know why you made that move he said okay why and i told him why i thought he Mm. he moved a particular piece and he said well jason if you ever think that i moved a piece for only one reason then you're mistaken and i've always remembered that in my (laughs) thinking about life and you know i think when we Uh think that the chinese central government only is promoting consumerism for sports there must be so many other reasons for we Mm. were talking previously about youth culture maintaining Mm -hmm. like a healthy body as part of like the five elements of making up their education. It's probably not just to do with like Mm. consumerism per se, but it's also probably about like promoting healthy physical activity in the wintertime in addition to the summertime. Right. The central committee is so wise in its decision making. It wouldn't do something for one reason, Mm. just like someone who is good at Mm -hmm. chess won't move a piece just for one reason. That's good. (laughs) Thank you, Jason. (laughs) And see, I'm I'm reading about um, (laughs) because I never thought about this. I think maybe most Chinese people like me wouldn't really think about you know winter sports in the winter you stay home Mm. right Mm. (laughs) and uh, (laughs) there are people who are crazy enough 
to go, you know, play ping pong or play other sports um, outdoors in the winter. But they're considered as like, you know, a little bit abnormal. But maybe <laughs> in the future, they really want to promote that so that people are exercising all year round. And see, here in the article, he says, this is from Dashu Consulting. It's like a consulting firm. Consulting firm. Maybe this is telling the world that, hey, if you have money to invest, you know, this would be a very promising industry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it says the Chinese snow and ice industry is booming, supported by governmental incentives and education programs, hype around the Winter Olympics, and the ever-growing purchasing power of the Chinese middle class. That's really important. The winter sports market in China has soared in only a couple of decades. Now, um, for Chinese people like us, like, I'm middle-aged. You know, I don't think anyone or anything is going to make me into a winter sports person. <laughs> but um, middle-aged parents like me are very willing to spend the money mm. to broaden their kids' mm. horizon. You know, so that their kids would know that when it comes to sports, it's not just ping pong and basketball. Right. There is a whole nother category of sports that you can do in the wintertime. Mm -hmm. So, you know, parents are spending a lot of money um, taking their kids to skiing sessions, skating. Right. Um, you name it. Other. I can't even name them any <laughs> winter sports, but anything that's new and fancy. The Chinese middle class, they're very curious and they're willing to spend the time and money to um, make their kids, to help their kids grow into international uh, people with international vision. Mm. And part of that is, is, of course, you know, sports, international sports. Yeah, but I want to talk about some sports that are not really that sports. And I want to ask you about them. And maybe you've done them. You know what, like, not bobsledding, but like, mm. you know, typical like sledding, just like getting in like a, you know, a disc that uh -huh. looks like Captain America's shield. You just sit inside right. and go down the hill. It's not very physically active or sports-like, but in America, this is a huge thing. When I was a college. kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you did. You did. So did you do you that? You steal a tray from the cafeteria. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> but the thing is, Baby. Jason, yes, I know. Yeah. The one, the few times that I did it, you know what happened? No. So I, I went to Cornell and there's this very famous, The Slope. Mm. We actually have a perfect place to do mm -hmm. this. Okay. But the few times that I went at one time, somebody got injured. Uh, I think that person, it, she literally just like, you know, ran into a tree or something. Wow. And there weren't that many. There were like a few, like very few somehow. So I remember the, the, the ambulance and all that. So that wasn't a very good impression. Mm. <laughs> but um, I know that it's very popular and it's fun. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Let's talk about other snow activities, not necessarily safer, but that are not the athletic that get missed about like, you know, I know in America, my my dad and my mom, we used to drive up to the snow just to do something for a few mm -hmm. hours and come back. So, mm -hmm. you know, we would make, go and make a snowman. I remember my nice. my parents, we got all got like boots, these yellow. I remember it still mm. these big yellow rubber boots that went up to like my knee because Ooh. I was tiny and my <laughs> older brothers were a bit bigger uh -huh. and we got in these jackets after jacket after jacket so i could barely move 
my arms barely could my hands couldn't touch each other because my that was too blanketed up with stuff Mm -hmm. and we hobbled out you know the family a six of us Mm -hmm. and into into the snow and made a snowman for like an hour until it was we had this giant snowman with and everything yeah we got back into the car and like mom gave us cocoa that she had in her thermos perfect the the car was steaming up and dad's like oh we can't go yet because the car's too steamy Mm -hmm. and like you know drove back you know so did you have you made snowmen or snow women snow persons yeah of course well we have snow i mean kids everybody like all the kids love playing in the snow Mm. and when i was younger i think there somehow there were more snow (laughs) maybe this because global warming i'm not too sure (laughs) like when before I lived in Beijing, my impression of Beijing in the wintertime is like just snow, right? Mm-hmm. Flurry snow and very thick on the ground. But by the time that I moved over here, it doesn't really snow all that much. Maybe a few times a year, but not like thick enough to really do much. Mm-hmm. You know, my daughter would go out and scrape whatever she can right, yeah. to build a yeah. snowman however big or small it is but even kids are so excited whenever it snows it's, i mean it's exciting for for adults too you know about this do you know what a snow angel is i know uh, yeah snow angel you lie on the ground and spray your arms and legs right <laughs> yeah and do you guys do that in china i mean i know about it because i learned it in in the states but mm. most other mm. people because angels you know that's like a foreign figure you know yeah, i guess so yeah, yeah with curly hair and all naked with wings. That's a very Western image. <laughs> I don't know. When I see angels, I don't see naked people. But I'm, I know that in the Renaissance <laughs> paintings, it was always some naked baby. Chubby baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's our impression of angels. Oh, or, yeah, yeah. You know, a beautiful lady wearing white and the halo over her head. Yeah, That's yeah, our impression. Yeah. So it's very Western mm. for us. I wonder in Harbin or, you know, Dongbei, you know, like, uh, are mm. there specific kind of winter activities, snow activities, ice activities that you yeah. would say are Chinese? Have you ever heard of uh, winter swimming? uh, It seems to be very popular. What's that? Like they literally hack out a huge hole in the middle of the river. Mm. Um, They hack out a swimming pool (laughs) and they jump inside to swim. No, they do that in America too. I forget what they're called. They have a special name. There are a lot of usually old men who like to go and jump into the freezing ice cold water and they're like, yeah, I did it. Uh Uh, I never. And they're very proud of themselves. I I, I never got, (laughs) I think they call themselves the polar bears or something or the polar bear club. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not too sure like how popular it is, like percentage wise, like how what's the percentage of the population who actually do this probably really really small but they make it into the news every year so there are always people here in beijing um and also especially in northeastern part of china where it's cold you know you see pictures of um Mm. for some reason they're always like retired uh grandma and grandpa's Mm. Um, that, you know, they wear their mm. bikinis <laughs> or winter suits and they jump into <laughs> literally ice cold water and feeling really proud of themselves. Mm. So that's something special, I guess. I guess right? it makes sure your heart's working because as soon as you get that cold, oh my goodness. I don't even want to imagine that. But I, I heard that it's very popular in like countries like Finland. Supposedly yeah. they jump straight from sauna, like 80 degree sauna or something where you were like half cooked. And they run out and jump into a ice cold water. I, I, wow. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to survive that. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like skating itself, ice skating is not a, something new to China because I came in 2012 mm. to live in Beijing and I noticed that every major mall has an ice rink on some floor. You could just walk over and people are skating mm. inside. So 
my experience of the last 10 years of living in China is that they're all the major malls have like a giant ice rink, at least in Beijing. Mm. It seems like it's something that you guys mm -hmm. that Chinese people are very familiar with for and have been for a long I think time. Still, it's, ice skating itself. It's for our future generations. Mm. You know, for my generation, we didn't grow up with any of that unless you live in cold, really cold places. And then you, you know, you skate in the pond. Mm, mm. Um, you don't pay for that, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But now <laughs> it's something they built so that, you know, they make a profit from it. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I think figure skating especially would be very popular. I mean, it looks fantastic, right? Yeah. I mean, you'd be so proud if one of your kids could just, you know, go on the ice rink and start spinning. <laughs> and it's just so beautiful. Mm. So that's definitely, you know, I can see that as a very popular Asian sport. And uh, a lot of parents would be willing to pay for that, uh, you know, devote the time for that. Um, but not for my generation. Yeah. Okay, in America, too, it's it's adults and like young adults who are self-inspired and kids who are like begging mom. But yeah, they, they're also increasingly interested in and snow sports you know in my parents generation it's like what you're describing it's mm. like okay there was a lake so everyone went skating there because mm -hmm. at, in the winter that lake became ice and so the town went there to go ice skating the playground yeah but increasingly mm. i think from my generation maybe because i watched my older brother who's way more athletic than i am mm. i'm i'm, I'm kind of like what you're describing yourself as although i do go out today and like you know ride a bicycle or go for a long walks and stuff mm -hmm. um my brother was always interested in sports so he did like skateboarding he did he tried snurf, surfing and he was particularly good at snowboarding mm. and during his generation mm -hmm. all these snowboarding magazines came out where young adults were like Ooh. snowboarding and making names for themselves and trying to be cool and mm. trying to be branded and trying to be recognized and like all of these ski lodges went from being ski lodges to snowboarding mm. facilities because so there was so much interest in snowboarding mm -hmm. for, for my brother's generation but you know increasingly like new people in New Zealand and people in, in in North America, people in northern Northern Europe, especially Switzerland, Russian people, mm. now China and, and, and Japanese people, snow sports are becoming a global like you know phenomenon. And maybe what you you were talking about earlier is a huge part of that. A part of that is the ability to cash in on that ability, uh, the ability to right. provide people with the equipment necessary mm -hmm. at a profit, so that people the industry continues to grow. Yeah, but it wouldn't grow without interest. You know, people love snow mm. in a way to interact interact with that snow mm -hmm. is create all of these uh, sports access. And I think for, for the Chinese population, I mean, when you think about, when you talk about skiing, the first thing that come to mind is Switzerland. Mm, mm, mm. You know, the people with extra money to spend, mm. they will go to Switzerland mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, to ski in the wintertime and drink hot chocolate or whatever <laughs> other fancy drink they, they have. So I think for, you know, the, the Chinese new middle class, that's something they aspire to. I think they relate that to a living standard. It's not just mm. a sport. If you can afford to, you know, train your kids to be able to ski, and you can take them, let's say, to the, you know, some of the greatest ski resorts um, in China and also in the world. That's a that shows your social status, too. I think that's part of that's part of it. It's a fancy sport. You know, um, mm. it's not something that well people with lower pay will really think about. Um, I mean, it's not like golf. Right. But it's, uh, it's mm, something, mm, I don't know, mm, it just has this great mm. image to it. You know, skiing in Switzerland. It's something you do when you are, you know, a choice only when you have the money for that. Mm -hmm. 
So I think that's another another draw. And I think, you know, for list, for our listeners who mm-hmm. may have kind of interest or if you are uh, a ski instructor, this is something you could look into because this, this is going to be a huge market here in China. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it says here in the article, the industry is still very young, quite similar to Europe in the in the 60s, when few resorts, well, proportional to the population size and mostly beginner consumers. Um, uh, prices that are relatively high. And um, I mean, well, during the pandemic, maybe this is not the best time, but, you know, in in the future. And the industry faces a shortage of qualified instructors, you know, to to train newcomers Mm, to mm, winter sports. mm. So if you're into that, right, and when things calm down from, you know, related to COVID-19, this will be a a great place to to grow, the the sport and also your career if that's what you do yeah absolutely right? um i have another question follow up about mm-hmm. the actual uh, winter olympics itself so you know beijing is the mm-hmm. first city ever to host both the summer olympics and and will be the first city to oh, host really? the winter olympics too so you're just finding this out now when i'm telling you <laughs> yeah i never thought about that <laughs> uh, well i did i was i was like wow this is going to be a big deal so i was going to say how do you feel about this but now i guess i get your initial reaction uh-huh. so now that you're hearing this is that touch a special place in your heart i think Things are a little different now because of the pandemic. Mm. I mean, in the past, you know, when we heard of the Beijing Olympics, the Summer Olympics, everybody was excited. Uh, Now with the Winter Olympics, people's first reaction would be, oh, so how will they do it? Right. Will he be Mm -hmm, safe? mm -hmm. Because it's still zero tolerance for COVID-19 here in China. Yeah. yeah, So people, you know, we think it's a great event, Mm. uh, but we do worry a little bit about how they will execute it. But at the same time, we have strong trust in the government's ability to handle things like that. Mm, you know, mm. it's it's just our worry, you know, but I, I'm sure they have fully worked out mm. plans and the staff that they need to, to carry things out. You've got to see some of the venues, I'm sure. You've been to the nest, yeah? Yes, the nest. It's beautiful, right? I didn't know that they could use this for the winter. It is, absolutely. I've never been inside. I've never been inside, but I've seen it from the outside. I've taken pictures of it. It's absolutely I, beautiful. Wait, I went there for something. I don't remember for what, but I did go inside. It's too big. <laughs> it's like you would get lost. But it's it's beautiful, at least from the outside. And also the um the water cube is right next to that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they yeah, can, yeah. I don't know if they're using it for something. They are, they are. Related. They're actually using a lot of different venues. Even the Wukasong, the location in Wukasong, mm. they're using that too. So uh, I think I think that's used for concerts a lot for like when like yes. big bands come to China. I know a lot of people who go to see like mm. Mariah Carey there. I, I know someone who went to see Mariah Carey there. I've been inside. But they have these huge mm. venues all over the city that they're gonna be using. I think you know, a lot of cities and countries. Mm. Sometimes regret holding the Olympics because there's an enormous cost and right. that sometimes the city doesn't recoup or there are facilities that are constructed that are not reused. Hmm. What's really interesting about this is, firstly, China uses all of the facilities that they're building. Mm-hmm. I think Shogong Park is the exception where it's been kind of built up for this purpose, mm-hmm. but it still has restaurants and stuff. And now there's a skate park there. So they're they're using it for more than one purpose. They're, mm. they're creating other purposes while they're building it. But what's really neat about having the 2008 Olympics and the 2022 Olympics both held in the same city is that these same facilities are going to get another chance to shine for the world. And so Beijing 
is not going to be incurring the same kind of losses mm-hmm. that a lot of cities in the past have made mis- big miscalculations about how what the cost is going to be like. Mm-hmm. And so I think that China's really doing the Olympics right, where a lot of other countries well, and cities have made serious miscalculations. Uh, to be honest, I don't know if um, people are thinking about making money from the uh, Winter Olympics. I think we'll be happy if everything goes all right, you <laughs> yeah. know, because <laughs> it's a it's a different time. And even back in 2008, it really wasn't about, you know, making a profit. It was about sports and also about, I mean, some people call it, you know, Beijing or China's debut to the world. Mm. Right. You know, that was a one major time when China opened up and people came to China. A lot of people came. Because of the draw of the Olympics. Mm, mm. I mean, there there have been people, you know, traveling in China from foreign countries, you know, in the past, of course. But that was one big time when a lot of people who weren't familiar with China came because of the Olympics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, it its significance for the Chinese people went way beyond just sports. It was a spectacular event where literally the whole country came together. Mm-hmm. And when, when we say that, you know, in China, like the whole country united to do something, we do mean it. <laughs> and we do come together <laughs> to achieve a goal. I mean, this is probably a little harder in a lot of other countries, but for the Chinese people, we are united with one Chinese culture. I see your point, absolutely, that the Chinese people came behind it. And I don't want to disagree with you because I mm. do agree with you to some extent. Like, I think for the the modern or the contemporary, like, psyche, like, you know, China came on the map again with the 2008 mm. Summer Olympics. But, you know, China has always been one of those places that's really prominent and well-known in the world. Like, historically, China... Even the, even the English word for China, the etymology comes from the Qin Empire, which is a mm. an empire from B.C., from, you know, the B.C.E. period from t- more than 2000 years ago. China has always been this well-known. Right. Because so close. Yeah, yeah. And historically kind of mysterious because far away kind of place that's in the world. Yeah. I mean, mm. it's not like in 2008 people are like, oh, there's China. It's like China has been like ancient, a huge. I mean, it's even one of the uh, what are they called? The five. Right. Right. Uh, permanent members of the World Security, or the, the, the Security Council. It's a permanent mm-hmm. piece of the United Nations that other nations take turns being on the Security Council. China is just a permanent member. So China has always been, you know, a major world yeah. player and well-known. I, I I think maybe, you, yeah, your, your analogy or your right. about 2008 is maybe like showcasing what China is like now or something. Because, you know, yeah. Chinese culture in general, we're not a very, we're not a society that's used to boasting or showing off. Mm, mm. I mean, these might be strong words, but you know what I mean, right? Like mm-hmm, Chinese, mm-hmm. when you come across most Chinese people, they're not like, you know, super, they don't look super confident. <laughs> they, they won't just come across and say, you know, say great things about themselves. Um, China, the, the Chinese culture is a little bit like that in general. So I think the Olympics back in 2008 mm. was quite a unique way of China showing itself to the world. And welcoming, you know, people from all over the world to come and visit. It's it's unusual, you know, according to the Chinese culture, where people are more humble, 
a more modest and、uh, what's the word? Like not as mm. introvert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say.、Um, but I think that's going to be,、uh, you know, that has been the trend, right? M- more opening up and、uh, well welcoming more foreign people and foreign culture to come in. I mean, globalization,、mm-hmm. right? China、mm-hmm. is definitely、mm-hmm. for that. So. And with the Winter Olympics too, except that of course things getting complicated because of COVID. I hope that this、uh, highlights China in a positive way, and that afterwards, and、mm. when travel becomes more readily available, that people are able to come over and see how beautiful China is for themselves.、Mm. Because that's what we're essentially trying to do here on the bridge, baby,、mm-hmm. is connect China and the rest of the world together and help. Different cultures understand each other better. Yes, and of,、uh, as we mentioned, if you are a winter sports fan, right, you're a coach or instructor, and、uh, in the future, this is one place where you can find job opportunities.、Mm, mm. Um, and there's a literally, what's the word, nascent market. Yeah,、right? yeah, yeah. It's, it's new, and、um, the Chinese new middle class they are literally like looking for ways to spend their money, especially <laughs> for their kids. They they can still be、um, frugal when it comes to their own lives, but for their kids, man, aren't they willing to <laughs> to to just splash? <laughs> I can actually back that up completely. So、mm-hmm. for all of the people that Bebe is talking to, who are instructors, I have friends who've come over from the United States and t- currently teach basketball.、Mm. But as far as what Bebe is talking about, with the market not coming to full fruition until twenty twenty five, there is a huge opportunity for instructors to come over and have successful careers here. And especially if you work well with kids, adults mm, like mm, me, mm.、Eh, maybe <laughs> like if you pay me to exercise, I will consider it. If you pay me a lot, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll go. Okay, I'll go skiing. <laughs> All right, tell you what, baby, I I told you about how horribly I sprained my ankle. Right. I'll tell you what, if I give it another shot, would you be willing to come along? You know, you could bring your daughter. I could bring my wife. We could go and go skiing one time more and see if you could take a, one more stab at it next winter. What do you think? Well, will there be hot chocolate? We could definitely and we, maybe some kebabs on the side. <laughs> we'll bring it with us so that we'll make sure that we have it. Okay. Okay, I'll consider it. <laughs> and by by that time. I think there will be more resorts、mm-hmm. um, here, at least here in Beijing.、Yeah. Maybe not so much in Wuhan. I'm not no, too sure. No, no, I don't、yeah. think that. Yeah, I was asking people here: Is it going to snow? And some people are like, no, and some people are like, yes. So I think it might snow、more、like, like once. Yeah, there'll yeah. just be like a slushy day or two. I don't think it's going to really snow. Also,、here. combining this to what we talked about uh, before, uh, you know how progress here in China. So if the、mm, government mm, has mm. made it clear that they want to grow、mm. this industry. Of winter sports here in China, then we can be pretty sure that years down the road, not too far down the road, we're gonna see more resorts and、uh, ski resorts or other facilities that will offer people the populace more opportunities for winter sports. So by that time, we'll have more choices. And for people who are only thinking about traveling here to China in the summertime, you will have more choices in the winter time also. So looking forward to that. I might not participate, but we welcome other people. <laughs> well, it is time for us to say goodbye.、Baby. All right, again, yes. Thank you, Jason, for the reminder. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, and all listeners, dear listeners, we'll see you next time. Bye, Bye. everyone.